This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network. Available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go, business storytellers. Hey, how's everyone doing? Thanks for joining me. Another episode here, recording it live on Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn. Thanks for tuning in. So today we want to talk about how do lawyers establish authority with consumers through publications. And what's interesting about this topic to me, and I would like to invite all of you, we don't typically dive this deep into one very specific thing because not all of you are lawyers, but there's things that you can certainly learn from what we're going to be talking about today. And if there's any other topics, especially if you already have the experts that you know out there that talk about the topic, let me know. See Trap on Twitter, Christoph Trap on LinkedIn, or you can just put it in the comments if you see it um, and just drop me an email, ctrap at gmail.com. Happy to consider other topics to dive into, uh, but this one is especially interesting to me because lawyers have a lot of rules, more rules than I have. Well, I got plenty of rules too, but um, how do they maneuver them? How do they get around it? So, or not get around it, but how do they publish content? How do they con- connect with consumers correctly in a meaningful way Way while following all the rules? So Leonard Shiner is on the show today. He is the CEO and founder at the Geek House with my German heritage. I always appreciate when people spell house, H-A-U-S. That is the German spelling. And we want to dive into what do lawyers need to do to stay connected with their consumers. Leonard, welcome to the show. Christoph, how are you? Thank you. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's another day, another day in paradise. I was told the other day I'm not supposed to say that. Middle-aged man, they don't mean it. I mean it. Things are going well. Let's move things forward. So tell me about lawyer uh, marketing for lawyers and especially, you know, uh, where do you focus? Organic, paid, you know, but why the interest in helping lawyers specifically? Well, so I guess I'll give the bird's eye view from 30,000 feet. Uh, So Geek House is a law firm marketing agency. And so we do just that. We help uh, lawyers uh, brand, market, and grow themselves. So I have an akin to helping lawyers because everyone wants to do good in the world, as do I. And I feel that lawyers help people. So I get to help lawyers help more people across the board, whether that's with, you know, fertility issues and you need a fertility lawyer or, you know, times have been hit hard and you're going through bankruptcy, or maybe you are very wealthy and you need asset protection or somewhere amongst any of those. So everyone at some point in time needs a lawyer. And so I think it's the lawyer's job and really our job too, to make sure that we've got a good fit with a potential potential professional that we're hiring. So that's why we help lawyers. (laughs) 
fantastic. And you know, the, the one thing when I just listened to you talk, I mean, the 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 reason for needing a lawyer are really very specific, right? I don't just go and say, like, if I want to go buy a car, right? I say, hey, we need a new car. But I don't have every little specific detail. Well, sometimes I do, but not always. Every little detail mapped out, right? Um, even though I'm pretty married to SUVs now just because of my size. But But when it comes to lawyer marketing, I mean, it's like you're not looking for a lawyer. You're looking for somebody, you're looking for an attorney who can help you with a fertility claim or with a whatever, uh, right? I mean, it's very specific. Does that help with marketing or or, or how do you uh, balance that? So in terms of how lawyers market themselves or how consumers find lawyers, it's actually quite to our benefit that lawyers are very specific. You know, I, I always thought that it was funny uh, growing up, you would see the lawyer like a big billboard and they're like, we'll help you with your uh, auto accident, with your bankruptcy, with your wills and estates and uh, this, that and the other thing. Right. It's kind of like like a short cook of uh, of attorneys. And if you're going to a professional, you're going there for something specific. So I actually think it's too the public's benefit and to the attorney's benefit to niche down into one area or a few related areas of law because you get that subject matter expertise at a much deeper level. So for instance, if I'm looking to hire an attorney for a personal injury matter, I only want that attorney to do personal injury. I don't want them doing everything else and then some. So in terms of marketing for an attorney, that makes it pretty cut and clear as to what our target client or who our target potential client is. Because if we're only looking for people who have been injured, that's pretty defined. Whereas if we're looking for anyone to do their criminal defense or anything else, we've got to market and be everything to everyone. So the the funny saying or the classic saying uh, the riches are in the niches wherever that came from is true because you can serve someone much richer when you have niched down and you only provide one specific thing and, and what i mean by serve them richer is serve them with greater value greater service greater attention and greater knowledge about what you're actually serving them on so it's better for us much better well, and, and certainly you can also charge more because if you have that specific knowledge, I mean, I was just thinking about this is not lawyers, but, you know, I got a guy fixing some things at my house and my wife said, well, that doesn't or or maybe both of us said this, you know, it doesn't even take him that long to do this one thing. And I'm thinking, but it's not about how long it takes him. It's about he actually knows what to look at. Like, I don't even know that. Like, exactly. could I have Googled it? Maybe. But he's just like, okay, this is how it is. This is what it is. You got to look right there. And I'm like, oh, didn't even know that was a thing right there in my own house. So um, I think that's always interesting. So let's um, shift a little bit here to strategies. So when you have, I mean, I've seen uh, law firms, I mean, here, for example, Sheets Law and Cedar Rapids, they they do this pretty well. They're, they have immigration clients and they or, or in immigration and criminal clients, I think for the most part, 
and they share a lot of content around things that their clients care about. And like, you know, it's, you know, I'm not really involved right that second, right? Like, for example, they talk about what do you do if you get pulled over? What do you do if this happens? What do you do if that happens? And it's just kind of little sound bites that are interesting. Um, I'm not planning on being pulled over. I'm not planning on driving drunk, any of those things, you know, but it's still interesting to kind of see. And and if I ever need help, he certainly uh, might be top of mind just because, you know, I see his posts all the time. So are those the kind of things lawyers should share or what kind of goes into a marketing strategy, especially when it comes to the content that people want to share for lawyers? Well, Christoph, let me touch on what you had just mentioned. So that attorney is top of mind with you, right? So even if you have some legal issue that might not be related to exactly what they're speaking about, you're probably going to go to them and just say, hey, do you have a colleague? Do you have a buddy? Do you know someone who can help me with this thing that you don't do? But it's in the same field, so can you refer me, right? And so when I'm looking at crafting a marketing strategy for a firm, referrals are definitely a prong on that strategy because it's the best type of lead, right? Someone else has done the sales part for you. They've already sold you as the professional and you're really getting a a warm potential client. So um, that's the best type of scenario. But referrals and word of mouth are not things that you can control. So we can't predict that we're going to have so many referrals come in or predict that there's going to be word of mouth potential clients coming in. So while that's great, it's not great to build a firm solely off of that, which is where we have to produce content and do other activities on the sales and marketing side for the firm, because the firm is a business and every business needs sales and marketing. So we have to do activities like producing content and other things that position us as being top of mind. And, you know, if you were looking for an attorney who did, uh, uh, if you were looking for an attorney to help you with some piece of content that you saw, then you would definitely go with them. So um, did that answer your question in terms of how, how you kind of spin that back around? Yep, of course. And, you know, what's interesting, too, is, I mean, when when it comes to organic content, I mean, so, for example, I was looking for an attorney maybe three years ago out of state, and I Googled, right? I Googled the topic, and all the websites that showed up, they all had a very robust, you know, organic presence. They were writing about things. They, you know, I don't know if podcasting was a thing as, as much as it is today, uh, you know, at that time, but they they had all kinds of stuff on their website that would help them rank when I was searching for them, right? Because uh, they were sharing value. And then maybe a few months ago, I was um, researching some attorneys here in town and um, the ones that were sharing good content around the topic were sh- showing up. And I actually went to the attorney that I've already that I already knew, right, from previous unrelated experiences. But the reason he came back top of mind is because his website was ranking really high for the thing I was searching for. And it was there was an article. It wasn't just like, hire me. I'm the best. Like, I already know you to an extent, but it was very 
um, informational, educational. It just sounded like they were, they knew what they were talking about. Well, you bring up a good point that people and including yourself judge a professional based on their website appearance. So it used to be the, the, the idea that you would put your website out and it was something static and that worked 10 years ago. You'd make it all beautiful. You'd have great copywritten uh, content. You'd have imagery. It would look great, but it would be static and nothing would change. And today, not only just in 2022, are we wanting a pulse on the business, right? When I go look at a restaurant, if they have a website and if they have a blog page, if that blog is current, I'm like jazzed about that restaurant, right? But they don't need to have a blog page. But if they do, it needs to be kept current. And if it wasn't current, I would think maybe not positive thoughts about who's ever managing that, right? So that external, that outward appearance and your presence is key because the real estate of today, the, the billboards of today are really online. So when we're, uh, when we're thinking about how to market, we do want to be speaking about the things that our potential clients are going to find valuable. So if you've got questions, take bankruptcy for an example, right? If you've got questions, what are the FAQs that someone looking for a bankruptcy attorney would be asking, right? What are their fears? What are their pains? Well, when I go to a website, it needs to be talking that language to me as the potential client so that I know that that attorney knows how I feel. If they're just saying, you know, six six nine nine bankruptcy, it's like, we're past that. We're very, very much so past that. And so in terms of creating content, it does need to be what we're, what we're talking about, right? Like getting information, I call it education-based marketing, edu-marketing. It's the best mm-hmm. way to solidify that you know what you're talking about to a prospective client is to educate them. Give a little before you expect them to give you their business or their, their representation. So um, when we're creating content, we're looking at that, so providing value, but we're also looking at how do we take them forward? So we know the questions that they're going to ask, but what are the questions that they're not asking? And sometimes that's reading between the lines and not a lot of firms, not a lot of competitors um, of the firms that I work with do this well. And what this is, is putting your opinion out there and maybe offending some people. So if you're an attorney and you're a bank, um, let's say a divorce attorney, right? If you're a divorce attorney and maybe you have some opinions about how a divorce should be handled, right? That's not legal. That's just you as a professional. But when someone's hiring you, they're hiring the half of you that's a barred attorney and you know been to law school and can get them results but the other half that they're hiring is you as a human being. And so many times I see that human being component missing from content. So uh, when we're looking at producing content for clients, there's a lot of it that is um, factual based and and research based. 
but we definitely inject a good amount of relationship building and a personality from the partner, from the attorneys, from the attorney to be able to begin building that relationship because that's what allows a, a potential client to click over to either signing and retaining you as a PI, their PI attorney or hiring you for their bankruptcy or hiring you for their divorce, any of that, you're, you're hiring the relationship. So that is one of the, the key things that we do when looking at producing content for a firm. The, the human aspect certainly is interesting. And I know, I, I don't know, um, I was in a court hearing a few months back and um, everything is on Zoom, right? And one of the attorneys in an unrelated case uh, was sitting there and the judge says, who are you? And she says, I'm the attorney representing this client. And, and the judge said, oh, I didn't realize you were an attorney. You don't wear a jacket. Um, so, you know, what's mm -hmm. interesting is um, that's probably where some of the formality, stiffness, whatever comes from, because in court, it is really formal. It's like stuff gets picked apart. But when it comes to consumer marketing, I don't know that you need to be as formal as you have to be in court because I'm not a judge. I'm a consumer. You bring up a really interesting thread of, of questioning. So in terms of what happens in the courtroom, yes, it's very formal. You know, we don't wear wigs anymore. That that was left in the, <laughs> the pilgrim days, I guess we could say. But um, it, it is very formal. And that comment during the, the great pause, um, all of court was on Zoom, right? It was unsafe to be in the courtroom. And so everything was done on Zoom. And, and to that regard, if you're an attorney and you have a messy office behind you, what does that show to everyone watching, right? Versus having, you know, a blank wall or having some set or whatever that might look like, right? Like, how are you showing up? And if a judge asked something like that, it was probably a a slight of comment like you should be wearing, you know, this is Zoom court, but you should be wearing a, a jacket. So, um, yes, in terms of court and bar compliance, we want to be very formal and very strict with how we're rolling out campaigns. And uh, most of my clients stick to one state, you know, their, their firm is in one state, but we do have a handful of clients that have national firms or firms with multiple states um, that we're rolling campaigns in. So when we're looking at that, sometimes we'll change a little bit of the execution of a campaign to fit that specific state bar's rules. Um, and it's been quite the journey for us to be able to say that state's friendly, that state's not, um, and kind of try to hypothesize the political um, uh, you know, reasoning behind maybe the, the friendliness level. But uh, to your question pointed of how do you balance that high level of decorum in the courtroom and, and kind of the traditional law sense with being hip and modern and consumer and friendly and approachable and and reachable? You know, one of the, the highest uh, complaints for the California bar from consumers is that their attorney is not reachable, right? So we're also trying to share during marketing that we're very accessible. So how do we balance that? The stuffy decorum with the need to be on the edge and innovative in a modern way. And so 
if we're looking at marketing to businesses, so if the law firm is serving a business, you know, that it is a little bit more stuffier because it, it's a B2B sale. But if we're looking uh, in a consumer practice area, so think bankruptcy, divorce, criminal defense, um, immigration, anything along those lines where it's a consumer, an individual person who's hiring and retaining the firm, any of those, we have to walk that line. And often that's based on the personality of the attorney or the firm or the managing partner. Usually there's a voice that, that is, you know, the, the voice of the firm. And so we're attuned to that. We perfect that and we produce content within that voice. And so, you know, I've got a criminal defense attorney and, and he's really energetic. He's really great. He's like the, the everyone's lawyer, right? And then that comes off in everything that he does. And so when we produce content, it's very friendly, it's very welcoming, it's it's very that, right? But then we also have other clients that are much more formal. And, you know, we, we use language and uh, means that are appropriate to that. So what does that look like, you know, broken down? So like using dot, 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 right? Very, something very communication oriented, very specific, but we have an editorial style guide and we have brand guidelines for every client. So we've got a really good attune to where we're going and what that needs to look like. So we balance both and we make sure that it's in compliance with the bar because it has to be, it absolutely has to be. It has to be in line, certainly. So how about um, the role of the, and I know you work with clients and, and, and I know some law firms hire people to do the work and every once in a while I run into, whether it's a law firm or not, um, but I did actually have a law firm who said this to me, maybe, I don't know, a year or so ago. And, you know, they hire like this entry level person or entry level, whatever, entry level agency, who cares, whoever is creating this content, but they mm -hmm. don't have enough, um, let's say, sway or they don't have enough, uh, you know, people don't really listen to them and they all, everybody else thinks they know everything better. Uh, but SEO, for example, is an art and a science, you know, mm -hmm. so is paid campaigns. So are, I mean, anything in digital marketing, right? It's, it's an art and a science. Uh, how important is it to partner with the right people? Because I can see, you know, you hire an entry level person who can't get anything done because first of all, they're entry level. And second of all, they just have so much pressure on them because of approval, hell and whatever else. And then the next time they turn around and say, digital marketing doesn't work anyways. And the only example they have is because they hired the wrong person, they hired the wrong agency, whatever it might be. How, how, do, how do law firms, how do they evaluate who to work with, whether it's internal or external? Smart question. So I like to give the example, you can give a 16-year-old keys to a car or you can give a 40-year-old keys to the car. And they can get from Los Angeles to New York or anywhere that they want to go. But if you don't have a map or you don't have GPS or you don't have a Garmin or anything like that, it's going to be much harder. So if you're an entry-level person, if you're 16 years old trying to get from one coast to another and you don't have any guidance and no one's managing you along the way, it's going to be difficult. You might end up there, 
you know, but you might also end up in Mexico, like who knows, right? So every road can lead you to wherever. So as long as you keep, as long as you keep taking action, you know, you, you could end up anywhere. So in terms of hiring someone who's maybe young and inexperienced, that's fine for doing execution type work. If they're managed, that's great. I actually, as an agency, I like hiring young, fresh talent that we train and groom and we instill our practices. I like doing that versus maybe hiring someone who is pretty set in their ways, you know, maybe outside of legal or something and thinks that they've got the map to the destination, but maybe they've tried that map over and over and over and it doesn't work. Right. So let me stop tacking in metaphors and just break it down. A green person, a young person is great, but they need to be managed. So I've had clients in the past where they hire us as an agency and we do everything for them. Uh, we've also had clients where there's a few, a small marketing team and we're just setting strategy. So their team handles actually doing the work and we're just handling, you know, captaining where, where the boat is going. So in terms of setting strategy, uh, most of, most every firm is unique in some aspect. And usually that comes down to who their ideal client is. So if that person, the new green person that you've hired, understands what you do, how you do it, and you know everything about the actual legal service, they can market it and sell it much better. I was lucky that I kind of grew up in law firms. And when I didn't have a, a gas pedal on marketing, I would just hop over and do some paralegal work or do some legal production work or put together motions or, you know, do whatever that needed to be because I wanted that cross experience. So having a green person who understands that is probably the way to go, especially if they're in-house. Now, if they're out house or out of house and you're hiring an agency or some external person, poke holes in the strategy that they're recommending. Have they done it before? Have they gotten similar results? What do they think that's going to be for you? Because let me tell you this, I love getting questions because it lets me comfort them so that the, the attorney knows exactly what's going on because they're in the driving seat of their own business. So I, I like the holes being poked. Someone who doesn't like holes, I, I worry that you may not get return on your marketing investment. Fantastic. Great overview. And we always run out of time so quickly. So check out Go Geek House, H-A-U-S, gogeekhouse.com. And it's a pay, pay for results marketing agency helping law firms and solo attorneys. Leonard, thank you so much for sharing your expertise today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next